This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. July is Disability Pride Month. For some people, it's a time to acknowledge that, that a disability is integral to their identity. For others, it's an affirmation that a disability makes you different, not broken. It might be one month out of the year. But Disability Pride Month allows for the amplification of voices from the disability community. It's an invitation for non-disabled people to think about being allies in the fight for disability rights. It's a moment to conscientiously move away from pity and charity and to embrace the beauty and uniqueness of disabled lives. And if you haven't really heard about Disability Pride Month before, well, it's a chance to get informed. Today, we discuss Disability Pride Month. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joita Gupta. It's really good to be with you on the program. Uh, a number of you had some very positive things to say about the shows we've done recently. Uh, Anthony, uh, the one about Bill C-35 got a lot of traction on Twitter, and I got a really nice email about the uh, interview about intellectual disabilities and pursuing romantic relationships. So please keep those comments coming. I love to read them. It's extremely encouraging for me as I feel a dual role on the program, uh, both as the host and the producer. So if you have things to say about any of our programming, you can always find us uh, in a number of ways. I'll make sure to give you contact information on our way out. But also, if you have ideas about people that we should be talking to or topics you'd like to have covered on The Pulse, uh, please feel free to reach out because I am a, a one-woman show in a lot of ways, and I'm very happy to take suggestions from the audience about people and things you'd like to talk about. Today, uh, we're talking about Disability Pride Month, and over the course of the month of July, I'm going to try and have a couple of guests on the program to have a, a fairly fulsome discussion about Disability Pride Month and what different people think about it. My guest today is Anthony Frisina, who is a media representative for the Ontario Disability Coalition. He is the author of Above and Beyond, a new book, which was published in February 2021. He is an advocate and public speaker, as well as the host of a cable show, which airs on Channel 14 in Hamilton. And he joins us today from Hamilton, Ontario. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. Thanks a lot for taking a couple of minutes out of your day to chat with us today. Hi, Joey. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Let's dive right into this. So why is Disability Pride Month so important to you? Disability Pride Month, uh, as you alluded to earlier, is uh, an important way for people with disabilities to amplify their voices. And not only that, it's also a call to action for those in government, for those in business, and for those stakeholders to be more aware of how disability inclusion can help create a collective prosperity for everybody. Mm -hmm. In your article, that's been getting a lot of traction. I saw a version of it on Hamilton News. I saw another version of it on the Toronto Star. Uh, in that article, you actually talk about disability being an opportunity. And that was such an interesting idea to me because not a lot of people actually think of disability being an opportunity. What were you trying to communicate with that idea? Disability in terms of opportunity is for 
people to be aware of how disability can impact our communities, not only in Hamilton, but across the province Mm -hmm. uh, with regards to uh, employment, with regards to just being active in social activities, our activities of daily living, the quality of life for people with disabilities. It is also a time and a place to just embrace disability as not a negative. You know, a, a disability once again is simply that of opportunity for our communities to come together and be stronger together and unite as a collective to be to be greater as who we are as people, uh, not only as dis- people with disabilities, but, you know, people in general. What about Disability Pride Month, then? Do you think it's a chance to talk about the barriers? I mean, you've mentioned a couple of things. Employment is a big one, and there's so many others, housing as well. Is it a chance to talk about the barriers, or do we actually need to strategically move away from talking about the ways in which people with disabilities are excluded and, in fact, talk about the ways in which an inclusive strategy can be of benefit to everyone? Well, two of the greatest barriers, in my opinion, are attitudes and lack of education. I think it's important to start at the grassroots level of of schooling to inform our youth with regards to disability inclusion and the importance of belonging. The importance of belonging for me was really something that really expedited my growth in terms of my, my collaboration with my community here in Hamilton. You know, having that confidence, having that belief in who I am, not because of the disability, but in spite of it. And this is again, notwithstanding or neglecting the fact that I was born with spina bifida and had hydrocephalus, but it's acknowledging it's not a definition of who I am. I as a person, mm-hmm. I as Anthony will define who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was reading your article, you used the word revolution. Now, I have nothing against the word revolution. I'm all happy to embrace it. But I know a number of people get a little nervous when you talk about revolution of any kind. Why did you want to use that word in particular? I think the strength of the word revolution really embodies what steps need to be taken moving forward. You know, we're we're moving towards an inclusive uh, community, an inclusive society that often is hampered by attitude and hampered by the fact that the progression is very, very small. You know, there's small steps, small steps, pardon me, to, uh, to create the more greater uh, inclusion. I mean, we're, Mm -hmm. we're not going as fast as we really need to be to, and build that momentum. So, Revolution to me is a way to step back and amplify the message forward and call to action the opportunities that we have to revolutionize the way we look at access, access awareness and inclusion. And I don't disagree with you about education or attitudinal change. I think those are both really important things. But one of the things I've heard, and maybe you've heard as well, is that often it's too expensive to make things accessible. And there's always that price tag that comes into play or the cost of doing something or a cost of introducing a new program or a cost of putting in a ramp. So how do you deal with people who get hung up about the numbers? What's your message to them? 
I think uh, it's negligence on uh, the part of people who don't uh, budget for access and inclusion, whether it be for a new mm. building. Um, you know, I, I believe it's important that new builds are um, built accessibly from the beginning rather than retrofitted via access, because that's where the, mm. the cost comes from. According to the Rick Hansen Foundation, the cost of a new build for a building is 1% greater than having to retrofit accessibility into an existing build. So I think mm. um, cost is very skewed in the sense that there's a misunderstanding or a myth into believing uh, the costs are so extensive. For example, the cost to employ a person with a disability who does require accommodation is $500 or less to accommodate 90% of the population that identify as a person with a disability. Mm. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot online about Disability Pride Month. A lot of people have a number of takes on it. And as I said off the top, I will try and cover as many of those points of view as possible. Uh, one of the arguments that I've heard in opposition to Disability Pride Month, I suppose, if it's fair to say that, is that why are we only doing this one month out of the year? What's the point when really we should be focused on disability activism year-round? So how do you respond to that sort of an argument that it's really almost unhelpful in a sense to to focus on Disability Pride Month to the detriment of perhaps doing disability organizing year-round? What are your thoughts on that? I, I certainly believe that disability uh, pride should be celebrated year-round, and I understand July as Disability Pride Month is a way to open the door to conversation, open the door to you know answering questions, opening the door to providing answers to to our community that may be less aware of the community with the uh, disability that surrounds us. I thoroughly believe that uh, questions lead to answers, answers lead to conversation, and conversation will then lead to understanding with an understanding with a hope to lead to less ignorance. And I think that's the be all end all of it. You know, we want to create less ignorance to disability and what it uh, isn't about when it should be what it is all about and how people with disabilities can make an impact in our communities province-wide. That was really well said. Now, it turns out I was uh, looking over your article yesterday, and then I started Googling you a little bit. And it turns out you wrote a book quite recently. It was published in February, and it's called Above and Beyond. Tell us a little bit about how that book came about and what you were trying to accomplish with it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, bringing that up. The book Above and Beyond came about as a passion project beginning in 2015. You know, I started just jotting down information related to, you know, my upbringing, who I was, my family, my support system, the importance of volunteering, all the things that make me who I am today. Um, I thoroughly believe in the importance of volunteering and giving back to a community that's given me the opportunity to, to be who I am. Now, further to that, um, the book is written in a short story concept. It, it gives people insights into particular emotions, particular feelings that I hope people will resonate with. I hope people will 
understand that we we work together to build one another up and Mm -hmm. it's also about the amplification of voices i know this interview is uh you know talked about the amplification amplification of voices quite significantly and and that's what it's about because we need to amplify the voices of not only the disability community which in hamilton is 27.7 percent Mm-hmm. So the 62.3% that identify as non-disabled people in Hamilton need to also be educated, need to also be aware that collectively, we, when we work together, we can become a stronger, greater community that's more inclusive. And of course, you know, we take that number from Hamilton and we extend it nationally, about 22% of all Canadians live with a disability. So I'm curious, who are you hoping will pick up your book and what are you hoping they'll get out of it? Ideally, the book is for the collective, uh, all Ontarians, all Canadians, anybody across the world that wants to learn about disability and disability impact. Disability impact from the perspective or from the standpoint of resonating with the fact that there are opportunities. The lived experience of a person with a disability can be vital to a successful business, to be vital to a a growing community that puts disability inclusion proactively rather than reactively. And when, when that happens on a regular basis, then and only then I believe that we can be truly inclusive where we can look at accessibility and inclusion as second nature. Anthony, you just wrote this book, Above and Beyond, and I'm really excited to read my copy of it. Why don't you go ahead and give us a bit of a a sneak preview? Uh, I always like to get guests to do a bit of a read just to give us a sense of the book. So uh, the floor is yours. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. So I'm going to read a, a phrase from Chapter 19, which is entitled, Preferring a Difference of Ability. In saying a difference of ability is in no way, shape, or form a means of deflecting nor deeming the word disability as a bad word, but merely to focus on the ability of doing things my way. Finding an atypical solution leads me to a great sense of accomplishment and allows me to allows me the gratification and satisfaction in accomplishing the goal. A quote that I live by is, in life there are no problems, only unfound solutions. We need to find what is best, what is our best solution to be our best self. I focus on my strengths and positive attitudes towards the difference of ability as my approach to making an impact for myself. If others see that, that is great. How it impacts others, that remains to be seen. That's wonderful. Can I ask you a little bit about your writing process? So you said that you began this project as a passion project in 2015, and now, of course, it's 2021. So how have you, um, how has your writing process evolved over the last six years? Were there things that came easy, and were there things that you struggled with while you were writing your book? For me, I think it was just finding the right information to convey and how to convey it wanting to use my the way I say things and the way I communicate verbally now toward the book mm-hmm. as well. I wanted to be able to match that personality type, match that uh, imagery, match that language to to this book. And it really got expedited towards 2019, 2020, 
um, to, to just get more out there, to be able to gain confidence from my family and my friends around me that have been on my journey along the way and reading the scripture that has been written to this point and, and seeing the value in my story being published to the community to, to better understand disability and disability inclusion and the disability inclusion revolution towards a new way of thinking, a new mindset, new mindset that is barrier free, mm-hmm. that, you know, attitudes are alleviated, that there's more education surrounding disability inclusion revolution. And really that um, will help grow disability from the standpoint of more opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think that you are really onto something here. And yet, um, when I think about a lot of the interactions I have on a daily basis, I'm not talking about interactions with my friends and family and people who know me, but I'm talking about the interactions I might have with someone on the street or someone who's in line with me at a Tim Hortons getting a coffee. Um, often I met with pity as a person with a disability, you know, uh, incredulity. How do you get dressed in the morning? People have offered to pray for me. I've been offered 20 bucks for standing outside of a Tim Hortons. Um, so how do you deal with the, the pity that is so pervasive and the charity model that is so pervasive when it comes to people with disabilities? You know, I try to lead by example. I try to use the ability forward. I try to promote the progression of disability from the standpoint of I, and I echo those same sentiments as you just alluded to, as I've received those same type of um, things that have happened uh, to you have happened to me. It's just more about, and I say this with, with respect and it's almost like beating people to the punch from the standpoint of showing what you can do before there is perception regarding what you can't do. And and I say that with with respect and unapologetic as well because you know it's more about getting yourself out there proving to you to you and yourself first and foremost before anybody else your abilities and then and that's what I find that here in Hamilton that has resonated with that with the community, you know, it's, it's, it's an up, it's an upward and uphill climb. Don't get me wrong, but showing your accomplishments and showing what you can do is very vital to uh, disability growth. So off the top of the program, I introduced you as the media spokesperson for the Ontario Disability Coalition. What can you tell us about the coalition? What do you do and what are some of the programs and campaigns that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. The Ontario Disability Coalition has brought me on over the last six months to represent to the media that, you know, disability needs to be understood. Disability needs to be brought forward in conversation proactively rather than reactively from Mm -hmm. the standpoint of, you know, funds are required, you know, disability for different types of disabilities are, are expensive. We need to be, they need to be educated on that. We need to be able to be given the support uh, to 
support persons with disabilities um, fundamentally, systemically, and culturally mm-hmm. to be able to grow and be able to and be able to live the quality of life that we want to live, not something that is dictated by a policy, not something that is dictated by a company or an organization that is deeming disability as as not as important. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about 10 years down the road, we've just had this massive shakeup in the form of the pandemic. And so many people are saying that we would like to see things change as we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic. So given your activism and all the work that you've done around disability rights, fast forward 10 years, what's your vision for the future of disability rights? Where would you like to see us in 10 years' time? I'd like to see more opportunities. I'd like to see more uh, advantageous um, respects for people with disabilities, whether it be the opportunity to now work from home given the pandemic. Mm we now know that it is, it is a realization for the majority of companies to really do. I'd like to see more funding available for people with disabilities because the reality is as the cost of living go up, you know, something like ODSP needs to follow that, that lead. We are subject right now to serve or we've been subject to serve that dictates those who are unable to work uh, are able to you know, or would qualify for CERB that would receive $2,000 per month. And mm-hmm. that was in the beginning of the pandemic. Whereas the comparative would be the upwards of $1,200, give or take, for a person with disability. Where is that parity? Where is that equity for a person with a disability? That's barely enough to even to even live on in terms of finding a residence to stay finding a, you know, a good meal, you know, something like that, having that parity to show that disability uh, is inclusive. And we, we understand how we're progressing forward is, is vital to the empowerment of persons with disabilities. In my mm-hmm. speaking engagements, I've developed what I call the mice principles, which is motivation innovation, inspiration, celebration, education, and empowerment. And I believe we all need to take a step back and actually learn from a person with a disability, learn from lived experience, how we can collectively work together and be hashtag stronger together with one another to to grow and be an inclusive Ontario. And an inclusive Canada as well. Let's not forget the rest inclusive of the country. Canada. Absolutely, um, yes, inclusive Canada. Tell me a little bit about where we can get a hold of your book. I think a lot of us, myself, in, I, I mean, I've got my copy and my Kindle, but tell us where else we can get a hold of your book. Absolutely. It's available through me on my website. It's www.anthonyforzina.ca. It's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo and wherever wherever books are sold internationally. 
Very nice. Anthony, thank you very much for being a guest on The Pulse today. Uh, just as I uh, we wrap up today, we did say, you know, it's Disability Pride Month. Uh, do you have anything special planned? Are you planning a big celebration to, to mark the month of July or is it going to be pretty low key for you? It's going to be particularly low key. Um, for me, it's just going to be con- a continuous effort to promote disability pride from the point of view and the perspective of we're people first and we deserve to be treated with respect and dignity that often gets overlooked and overshadowed by a lot of assumptive based mindsets. And I'm, I'm present to um, alleviate that myth or that misconception about how disability and disability pride month, what it is and what it is perceived. Well, thanks a lot. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And I hope that however you choose to celebrate Disability Pride Month, it goes well for you. Thanks a lot for chatting with us on The Pulse today. Absolutely, Joida. Thank you so much for having me. That was Anthony Frasina, who is a media representative for the Ontario Disability Coalition. He is the author of Above and Beyond, a new book which was published in February 2021. He's an advocate public speaker, and of course, the host of a cable show on Channel 14 in Hamilton. He joined us today from Hamilton, Hamilton, Ontario. If you have missed any of my conversation with Anthony, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. Also head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. I'd like to thank Anthony Fristina for being my guest on the program today. Our technical producer is Sam Robinson, who is in Finistrin Abdul-Majid. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI-audio, and Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. If you have any thoughts about Disability Pride Month or any other feedback for the program, you can find us on Twitter at AMI Audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI to let us know your thoughts and feelings. You can also write us an email, write to feedback at AMI.ca, or you can give us a call at 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. And don't forget to leave us permission to play the audio on the program. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.